Welcome to Life on Mars, a podcast about technology, entrepreneurship, and innovation. You will listen to stories of the best founders, inventors, experts, and celebrities from all around the galaxy. Welcome to another episode of Life on Mars. I'm Alex Sion, founder of Mars Space. And this is a very special episode because I will not be interviewing anybody. In this case, we're repurposing the interview that was done by Bernat Farrero, who's one of the founders of ITNIC, former CEO of Cameloon, and who interviewed me at an event they were hosting. They host a pitching session for startups every Thursday in Barcelona for ITNIC Fund One. For the full disclosure, I'm also a partner of that fund. So if you want to join us or join ITNIC um, in this uh, pitching competition, it's great. There's a networking event, after work event, 7 p.m. on Thursdays in Barcelona. You can also join it online, either just to view it or to pitch for your startup, looking for early stage startups who want to take over the world and with technology and very, very passionate and hungry entrepreneurs and a very, very good founding team and scalable products. So feel free to check them out. Uh, in this conversation, actually Bernat kidnapped me for a 10, 12 minutes fireside chat, improvised fireside chat. I was not, I was not told that that was gonna happen, but I guess that's part of the of the organic kind of content that they wanna have and one of the things we share in common with the ethnic philosophy. And so we speak about Mars Space, our business economics. We speak about our relationship with the clients, what kind of contracts we have, some funny stories, some anecdotes, uh, our churn as a company, if there's something like that, uh, user, like uh, our employee retention. We also speak about my investments, my relationship to, uh, to Startup Brand personally and also on a company level. So... This is a very refreshing content, a little bit more digestible for the summer season. I'll leave you with it. Today we have Alex. Alex, can you explain us who you are in a minute? I don't even know I'm 34 and still don't know who I am, but uh, I'll try. Um, I'm a computer scientist, uh, 34 years old, CEO and founder of Marspace, which is a software development consultancy from Barcelona, all remote, 20 people, completely bootstrapped because it's an agency after all. And I also run the Startup Brand events in Barcelona, where I interview founders and entrepreneurs in Barcelona. I've interviewed a few people uh, in this room, especially you were the first. And I also do a, business, a little bit of business angel on the side. Great. Okay, one, one, of, one of the things that, uh, that you tend to say is that you, you love bootstrap businesses and you built a bootstrap business yourself. Uh, a few days ago, you, you tweeted that you have 150K MRR and you're a bootstrap company. How can you be an agency and have MRR? Yeah, uh, that's tricky, right? Why? Because normally agencies, they work on fixed bid projects, right? They work on projects that are like, I don't know, this project's gonna be, you know, 60K and three, three months of work, something like that. We don't, we work on retainer with all of our clients. Therefore, our, our, our um, revenue is predictable and most of our clients come from the first or the second year of the company. So what we keep is just accumulating co uh, companies that work with us. And therefore, you know, what we do with the companies is agree on a fixed dedication per week, and then we, we start charging them for that. So basically, I don't know, uh, maybe for every company, on average, we have at least one full-time developer for them working on an ongoing um, engagement. So it's not like you hire me for three months' work. We might do a first phase where we try each other, but then it's ongoing. Like normally, we sign yearly contracts, 
But the truth is, we've never had anybody dropping this in the seven years that we've got as a company. Robert, that's incredible. Yeah. So you don't have churn? We, we have had churn where companies have died. But you just, I think so far in seven years, we have never had any client who has said, okay, uh, this doesn't work, uh, we're going to internalize this, or we're going to switch providers. So basically, they just stick with us. Okay. Have you ever thought of building a product yourself? Yeah. Uh, before going into that, uh, one of the main things we do is that we tend to prove our trust and our skill very early on, and we get into the core development of the companies, right? So once you start, once you get into the core, basically it's very, if, and things work well, it's very difficult for clients to say like, well, they're working on the core already, so let's not teach them, right? Also, they're good. So you define a margin uh, per, per customer, yeah. and you get a developer, yeah. and you already know your economics forever, because they don't churn. Yeah. It's quite easy to, to make a model like this. Uh, no? On theory, yes. The more customers <laughs> you have, you find developers, you get more money, yeah. more EBITDA? Precisely. Uh, yes and no, because one tends to think that if I have two clients, I have this amount of revenue. If I double that, I will double my revenue. Truth is, it's not like that. It decreases over time because you have more structure. And even in the company we're hiring now that we're 20 people, we have three, four, almost five people who are non-billable, non-productive, okay. right? Because they're management. Uh, we've got an office manager. We've got me who just do the sales. And we've got 16, 17 developers out of these 20, 22 people that we are. So these 17 people have to pay for five people who are non-billable, right? Okay. Now we'll be hiring a marketing person, which I cannot bill for that person, right? So it's not exactly like that, but it, we still have got a lot of elbow room for our, uh, for our margin. You disclosed your, your 150K of MRR? 125 Okay. 125k. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> 25. Okay, I didn't remember. Do, do you disclose your EBITDA as well? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not a numbers guy, and I was not prepared for this. <laughs> he told me, like, by the way, we've got a fireside chat, and you're in. It's like, yeah, okay. Well, I know you're going to ask me numbers, but I don't run the numbers in the company. That's why the company is working, and it's alive, right? Um, our margin at the end of the year tends to be between 20 and 30% if I remember correctly, but I'm not exactly sure, but I can, we can, I think we're, no, we're going to share it actually, because there's, I think it's B Water that they have a list of profitable companies with no investment, blah, blah, blah. We're going to be featured on that. And we send the information last week. So we should be on B Water on this classification very early. And it's there. Very, very good economics. So congratulations. Thank you. You consider building a product yourself? Yeah, we did two years ago. Because, um, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side, right? When you're in services, you want to do the product. When you're a product, you want to do services, right? Um, and so we, divide, we thought of an idea. We pitched it to potential clients. We got, you know, good feedback. People saying like, yeah, just build it. We're going to pay. We can even like give you some money in advance and whatever. However, when we decided to start that, um, I think it was two days afterwards, um, we lost our biggest client because of a, of a financial problem. Basically, that, that was, I mean, the project went on hold, so that's why we, we didn't count them as churn because we continued working for them. But um, because they're a consultancy who was hired by a big player, that big player stopped paying. They were owed like 3 million euro. And so they said like, you know guys, they owe us 3 million euro, we can't pay you anymore, right? We're not a bank. And so, we decided to put it on hold as well, the, the project, because we lost five people overnight that they needed to be reassigned to other projects. So we pushed sales. 
Then, of course, we sold too much. Then we needed to hire more people. So therefore, the priority of developing the product went down in the priorities list. And so after a year and a half, we still hadn't gotten it back up to the first positions. Like, it's difficult. I, in one of your very uh, last podcast episodes, you were discussing this uh, with uh, some, I don't remember the name. Jody Plana. Correct, yeah. Really good. Um, but they succeeded in doing that because they took the different approach, uh, the, the, the opposite approach that we would have taken. They said, we're going to move our best people to the product and we're going to leave the worst people in the company with our clients, which is terrible. I saw that as like, this is fucking despicable, but it's not aligned with our philosophy. Our philosophy is the best developers go, I mean, we only hire best developers, right? But uh, we wouldn't do this move of like moving a developer for another project just because we need it, right? There needs to be an agreement. We only rotate people out of the client if both parties are aligned with that, if we agree, right? So we couldn't do that. And so, no, in our case, we wanted to only have the people who were not assigned to projects for whatever reason, and we hired other people to do that. Even we were outsourcing part of it to freelancers. Therefore, when you lose a client and you lose a significant part of your revenue, the first thing you do is ditch the freelancers, right? So that's why we, could, we didn't have enough people to do it. Jody Plana was uh, incredibly honest, uh, so really? That, that we, we really appreciated that, and, and he made it. No? He, he built a product that yeah. worked and scaled, and, and, and he decided to put his best resource into this product and jump off the cliff, and yeah. sometimes that's what it takes. But fuck the clients, right? <laughs> well, he was tired of the clients. Uh, but so. He changed his model, his business model. And for he, real. Yeah. You, you run something called Startup Grind, what's that? It's, um, Startup Grind is kind of like a franchise, it's kind of like TED, but without being that cheesy. Uh, we run a monthly event in, in every city in the world. We're, uh, I think we're over, uh, we should be close to 700 cities in 135 different countries where we host mo monthly events where we interview entrepreneurs and investors, right? Uh, in Barcelona, we, prior to the pandemic, so our last event in person was last February. It had been our event number 74. Okay. And it's a franchise. So what we do is we run it inside of the company. I have a franchise contract with Startup Grind. And basically, I pay a fee to belong to that, to have those, uh, the rights of deployment. There's a lot of people following it, uh, attending it in every session. Like, yeah. How, how many? Yeah. In Barcelona, we've got 7,000 subscribers to the newsletter. Um, and prior to, you know, our average of people were 153 paid people per event, uh, which considering that we are Catalans, it's very remarkable. <laughs> I do, do you make money with this? Um, yeah, because it's not a non-profit, uh, but I run it as a non-profit. I don't want to set it as a non-profit because I don't want to set another thing. We run it inside the company, so what we do is we keep a separate account, and what I do is I reinvest everything in Startup Grind. Okay. So we've got a team of volunteers where I make this, like, you know, uh, volunteers. Uh, we go to a conference because there's uh, some happenings of Startup Grind, a conference in London, in, in, in San Francisco every year. So part of the proceeds of Startup Grind go to that. We do some donations to NGOs as well, participate in, in charity, and then basically, you know, cover the cost of the volunteering team. And then we pay also speakers to pay. We, every third speaker, we used to have somebody coming in from another country to speak in our event. The cost of the volunteering team, how can it be? Uh, Are they volunteers or do they have a cost? No, I mean, they do have a cost in which, we, you know, we pay for their like t shirts, we pay for taxis, okay. we pay for. We do network every two weeks. We meet for dinner and things like that. So it's okay. very, no, I it's, you know, it does, you don't have to pay to belong to Startup Grind. If you're in the team, we've got a team of eight. It's like, hey, whatever thing you need to pay for 
to to get involved in our you know our events, our meetings, whatever, you can expand that. Okay, I think you're doing a remarkable job uh, with it. You're building uh, the ecosystem which we really need to build. You have very good speakers, except for some. The first <laughs> we started in Indy, by the, the way. So shout out, thank you for thank you for allowing us to be, uh, to be. We started there, our very first event, with first three events we did there. So thank you for that. You invest on the site as well. Yeah. How does it work? Uh, I started in 2015 because um, one of my best friends basically told me that he had invested in Cantox, right? Through this platform, it's called Lanzame, which is a pledge fund. Non-credit, non-professional investors, they can go there and uh, they receive a series of kind of like a crowdfunding for non-professional investors, right? And he had made an incredible return, and I had been thinking of investing, right? And and funnily enough, the, the my first investment happens to involve beer. I don't know if I've got time enough to. You want me to explain that? Sure. Yeah. So basically, I did a terrible fuck up in which I lost a thousand euros uh, in a weekend because of too much beer. Let's leave, let's leave it like that. Um, and I said, you know, every time I, I, I fuck up like this big time, I will invest the same amount of money in a startup. So I invested a thousand euros in Cantox thanks to Lanthame. Then I did a couple more investments through Lanthame. And I said, like, you know, they've got a lot of fees because it's kind of like you pay for service, they invest for you. Um, it's great. Their deal flow, the track record is very good, but it's a lot of fees, right? And, and I'll, After three, four years of running my own company, doing startup grind, having a lot more visibility, I started getting invited into invite-only insider uh, rounds for you know from famous entrepreneurs, and and I said, mm, I'd rather do this, you know, I'd rather invest directly in companies like that. That's how I got involved in, in MailTrack, Hireflakes that that we have also invested in in Nick. Um, um, what else? Eight feet, which I didn't do because I did uh, Cantox, but uh, I could have invested in that. So it's part of my anti-portfolio. So what, now, what is your best company so far? Uh, should be MailTrack, probably. I mean, no, it's my company. The best <laughs> investment. Than, it's always your company. Other right? than your company. Other your company. It's probably it's probably MailTrack. I invested in a company in, in San Francisco that's called Upstock. That's going very well, which is basically um, it allows companies to distribute shares based on performance to their employees, which is created by the founder of Couchsurfing, and mm -hmm. that's going pretty well as well. So so far of the, also you know through Idnik, I have invested in a few companies, of course. Uh, out of the, I think I've done about 20 investments. So no startup has died yet, which I think it's very remarkable too. Sorry, I keep asking that, but did you make any money? So far not yet, that. not yet. Uh, I got my first exit, which is kind of like a fake exit, came two or three weeks ago. Company called Bogdani. It's basically uh, kind of like electronic voting on the blockchain was acquired, acquired by an undisclosed amount. Basically, they ran out of money. They were absorbed by Aragon. So I will be happy if Aragon gives me stock in exchange for that. So no money yet as an angel investor. So I keep just squandering money, but I'd rather squander money on startups than on beer. Great. How can people get to you? If they uh, want, I'm, if they're I'm on Twitter all, all day. If you follow me, you will see that I'm just tweeting all day. That people tell me like, how do you do it? How do you run a company and start brand and a podcast and a blog and this and that? And you're on Twitter all day. It's precisely because I don't get it work. My main job is business development. I have to speak with people. I have to be visible. That's part of my value, right? So it's uh, um, expanding my network in many, many dimensions, creating content and being top of the mind of people. Therefore, I need to be very active also on communications. So 
Twitter, Alex at Marspace.com, Alex at Starbrand.com. That's me. Um, I've got, funnily enough, the other day I got a question that was, what's the, what's the funniest way that you have been reached out as, a, as an investor? I got a pitch deck on Instagram two or three weeks ago. So some, somebody saw me, I, I spoke at an event and they posted on Instagram and they're like, okay, can I connect with you on Instagram? This pitch deck there. It was funny. I thought it was quite funny. Not in Tinder yet. Not, not a Tinder, but funnily enough, I've seen a lot of people from the scene on Tinder. So, uh, actually that's one of the questions I make because <laughs> uh, I say like, oh, you know, um, it's, it's weird that how people, maybe the new generations, we cross pollinate and we cross borders more easily. And right now with some people that, you know, you go to an event and you connect on, on, on LinkedIn, then you connect on Facebook. It's like, why do you do that? Right. Um, but yeah, I have, I have happened to match with a couple of people that, Funnily enough, a couple of weeks ago it happened as well that I matched with somebody. So like, oh, I know you. You spoke at an event, and I was there. And the others like, okay, that's not a good start. But yeah, so that happens too. Did it work? Uh, partially. No, no need to answer. Partially. <laughs> Transparency is one of my core values. I don't have anything to to hide. So, okay. Thank you very much, Alex. Thank you very much for the opportunity. <laughs> We are Mars-based, an all-remote consultancy from Barcelona, specializing in web and mobile development. We help all kinds of companies, from startups to big corporations, to conceptualize, design, and develop solutions for their business using technology. And now, how can we help you?